Hello, everybody, and welcome back to OMB Reviews. I am the critic who is a cynic. How is everyone doing this evening? Happy and blessed Saturday to everyone out there. And welcome to episode 291 of the Welcome to Asgard podcast, which reminds me to shout out Toph Morris, who is a $5 a month backer over on Anchor.fm. Thank you again for supporting this show as a podcast. Tonight, talking, obviously, movie talk in general, like we always like to do, which leads us into some interesting discussions, typically, and also talking about the No Time to Die box office and what is going on. I dropped a video a couple hours ago talking about how the so-called industry experts who had predicted weeks ago that the film would make roughly around $60 million decided this week to say the film would probably make actually closer to $84 million. There were even some going as high as $100 million. And now it turns out after the Friday numbers have come in that, oh, wait a minute, turns out the number we had three weeks ago was actually more accurate. And I pointed out how even Box Office Pro, who I typically use to follow what the industry so-called experts are saying, allege or predict a movie is going to do on any given weekend. And even they, in their article, actually say, well, guess what? You know, if you go back three weeks ago, and we'll go ahead and link you to our article, if you go back three weeks ago, you'll see that we actually had the correct numbers. Just amazing. Truly amazing to me. The, uh, the hubris of it all. But... Whether you liked the film or not, the fact that the movie is only expected to make $60 million after Venom 2 made $90 million in its opening weekend and vastly outperformed any and all predictions is something worth talking about. Is something worth commending, especially for films like Venom 2, which will indeed see a massive drop-off this weekend. So there's kind of a drawback there, because even though it did make a lot, there is now competition this weekend with No Time to Die. And every weekend coming forward, there's going to be more and more competition as well. So Venom 2, very well, could be a film that had a huge opening, but maybe fell off a cliff. We still need to wait on what those foreign totals for that film are going to look like before we can really know whether the film is going to be a financial success or not. The same, of course, is true with no Time to Die. The big difference, of course, is that Venom 2 only needs to make, what, a little little over $300 million or so at the box office in order for it to break even. I believe that was the number. $247.5 million is the break-even number for Venom 2 because of a $110 million budget, whereas No Time to Die, with a $300 million budget, has to make around $750 million, and many expect it to actually be higher than that because of all of the different delays. One thing I will say that might actually be in favor of what we see happening with No Time to Die and might be in the favor of No Time to Die is the fact that apparently No Time to Die, through the studio MGM and Eon, lined up a $150 million promo campaign a cross-promotional campaign, and obviously this has been something that's been very well known in the Bond franchise for a long time, whether it is the cars, right, whether it's the Aston Martins, or whether it is the type of vodka being uh, portrayed in the film, right, there's tons of cross-promotional materials. Now, what I don't know is is who is paying what. <laughs> is it that the movie is paying, or are they paying, and it says $150 million, which means someone paid someone $150 million, is it that MGM and Eon had to pay all of these different groups $150 million in order to promote the film? Or because it's cross-promotional, does it mean that 
in the end, the result is going to be 150 million. I, I honestly don't know. Based on what I'm reading, and when I think of about a promo campaign, typically I would think that it's the studio paying 150 million dollars for these major brands to promote their movie, which would raise some pretty interesting questions because then you're talking about a film that not just only has a $300 million production budget, but also, at the very least, a $150 million campaign through those markets, add on top of that typical marketing cost, you're seeing a movie that very well could, if that is indeed the case, of it being $150 million out of their own pocket. It could very well be the case that this film needs to make closer to $850 million to break even. No matter what, no matter what, though, it is going to be a long road ahead for this film, as many expected to, or at least did, before this domestic update came into play. Expected the film to be around $300 million by the end of this weekend because of it having strong holds in certain markets, opening domestically strong is what they first thought, and also opening up in other markets this weekend as well. They thought that the total that it would have by the end of this weekend would be around $300 million. It's still very well possible. For me, 250 to $300 million by the end of the weekend makes some sense. However, that's still less than half of what they need to make. And especially after what I've heard of how this film ends, which I will not go to, I will not talk about spoilers, because one, I have not actually seen the film myself yet, but also two, I know that it's the opening weekend for many people, and so a lot of people have not seen it, and there might be some that plan to see it, there might be many others that don't plan to see it. In either case, I want to try, and at least for myself, try and keep my, my talk spoiler-free to the best of my own ability. So it is incredibly interesting, nonetheless, because of what I have heard could indicate why this film could easily uh, fall off a cliff. Anyway, let's say hello to some people in the chat. First off, Gunner, thank you very much for the super chat. I appreciate it, man. He says, are the studios the only source of box office numbers in the press, or do some use survey data like the numbers? Yeah, so basically you have the numbers for the weekend, like the predictions, and those update um, as the days go on, there's an official number put out by studios, and then there are other numbers put out by so-called experts. And so the, num the numbers is typically just taking in what's being reported as far as the actual numbers are concerned, whereas places like Box Office Pro, and sometimes you'll find, obviously, people attached to Deadline and, and others, where they will make projections based off of you know pre-sales of tickets based on social media. There's, there's the, all these algorithms that they try and use to get to the numbers that they are projecting. So it's not just the studios. The studios are typically going to be much more conservative with their estimates. I don't think I saw at any point MGM thinking this film was going to make the amount of money that some other places were saying it was going to make. But anyway, that's what I'm seeing from this. Gunner, thank you for that super chat, man. Lance Mala, what's going on? Says, greetings and salutations, my fine friend. Did you catch the wrestling this week? Catching up slowly with it, actually. I'm about halfway through Dynamite, so I still need to finish Dynamite. Still need to watch Rampage, but it looks fantastic. There's a lot of good stuff going on. Gary Banjo Sandwich Worthington liked the movie. Well, hey, I'm glad to hear that you liked it. Thanatos Felicitas says, I quit watching Daniel Craig after Casino Royale. The more I thought about it, the more I hated it. And you see, I like that movie a lot. The more I think about it, the more I like it. And it's mostly because the stunts in that film are fantastic. One of the opening chase sequences that happens is just phenomenal. The only bad part of it, and it is an objectively bad part, is that you can tell clearly when it switches from Daniel Craig to the stunt person because the hair color changes. So it is uh, 
not a very good thing to, to tell, to be able to tell when that kind of stuff happens, especially in more modern filmmaking. You, you expect it a little bit more in you know older films, but as filmmaking and film techniques have become better, it doesn't make any sense for this to happen. Anyway, looks like the chat is popping up on me like this. So Snorri Poopus Cube, what is going on? Kara Tharp, what's going on? Uh, we got to see Forever, uh, Forever Sci-Fi. Welcome back, Cacao. What's going on, dude? How's it going? Let's go, Brandon, <laughs> in the chat. Tina B., the Empress of the Universe. Tina, thank you very much for being in the chat. I appreciate you being here. Remember, of course, uh, try and keep spoilers out as much as you can, because uh, it is opening weekend. Weekend after. Second weekend is normally when I'm very much okay with spoilers, because if you really care about spoilers and it's a week out from the release, worldwide, of course, or at least in most markets, at that point, it's okay, then you should have seen it already, if you really care that much about it. So, for now, it has just come out in the North American market, so we'll go ahead and keep this chat as spoiler-free as we can. And as I said, I myself have not seen it. The very ending has been spoiled for me, uh, because obviously Friday Night Tights, we talk about this kind of stuff, but it is something that I don't want to spoil for others that have been trying to avoid it, so please be respectful, especially of the Valkyries, who uh, I think one of them at least cares. <sighs> Alrighty, and my Valkyrie will be looking out for that kind of stuff. Again, next weekend, we can spoil away, and I'll actually have seen it by next weekend, because I have this week off. Guys, I am off this entire week for fall break. It's one of the beauties of teaching, is that you get these times when you get a week off. You get, of course, you know, the major holidays off, and then summer is obviously the biggest one of all when you get months off. But we get our, our fall break, and I'm very excited. Awesome one is laughing very maniacally in the chat. Welcome back. Golden Ration, hello to you. Also, if you're watching on YouTube, please make sure you smash that like button. If you're watching on Odyssey, light up that fire button, please. And if you're watching over on DLive or Twitter, hey. How's it going? Father Christopher Miller, hail to you, Father. Thanks for being here. Andrew Hoyle in the chat. What is going on? Good sir. Evan S. in the chat. What's going on? Keck44 in the chat. By the way, I do fall usually 20 to 30 minutes behind in the chat because I do read the chat as long as you tag me. At Odin at the very beginning of your comment. At Odin is all that I ask. Unless you are a member and I do the very best that I can to remember who my members are so it does not show up in the chat that I use to highlight comments. I wish that it did. That'd be an awesome feature. Um, but they get the benefit as part of their membership on YouTube of not having to put the tag at Odin. But I don't think it's that much to ask for. And hey, if you want to donate, if you want to super chat, I can get to your comments a little bit quicker, highlight them, uh, give you even more shouts. But as I said, you don't have to just put at Odin. That's all I ask. Hmm. Water is a delightful thing. Anyway, I'm Alex McCarthy. What's going on? Says, howdy, Odin. How's it going? Having some extra pepperoni DiGiorno croissant crust. No time to die. Hopefully no time to make its money back. It doesn't look like it will, but there's still a lot of time left and a lot of markets that need to report back. So, as I said, it, it, it very well could. At least what we have going on right now, uh, it's hard to say. It is really hard to say at this point in time. So anyway, Alex McCarthy, thank you for being here in the chat. Matthew Highland, what is going on? Welcome back, good sir. Um, let's see. Let's see. Thirteenth Warrior in the chat says, Yes, I am here or there or somewhere. We're all somewhere in some way, aren't we? Just Joe 47, hail to you. Uh, Judah Khan, what is going on? Welcome back. We got 70B, the general of my Valkyries. What is going on? Stephanie B. 
Thank you for being here. Got both mods in the house tonight. Let's go. Brandon says here, your thoughts on Hellraiser casting a lady to play Pinhead. I'm not really much of a Hellraiser fan. I'm going to be honest. I, I know at least the character of Pinhead and who that is, but I th that really has never really been my genre. And so I, I have not really a lot of attachment to it. However, I will say if you're going to go out of your way to reboot something that no one asked for you to reboot, you should at least be able to respect the source material, right? If you are at the very least going to respect the source material, you know, I, I still think it's a terrible idea to re reboot something that no one's asking for you to reboot. However, if you're going to do it, respect the fans. And I don't feel like that's being very respectful to the fans. So I would say I, I don't like it. However, I don't also have much of an opinion about it. So maybe there's people that know more about the lore than I do. Maybe there is an argument for it. I can't think of any off the top of my head because I just, I don't know the, uh, I, I don't know the source material enough to be able to say it. Force of Light Entertainment. What's going on, ladies? Force of Light Entertainment. Wonderful, wonderful channel. Uh, fantastic, fantastic channel. Uh, just wholesome people. People that I enjoy not just to watch, but also to talk with. Um, we need to, at some point, be able to... <laughs> to have a conversation again because it's one of the few channels that I can go to as a guest and know I don't have to worry if my students ever find the channel <laughs> because it's it's incredibly wholesome you know we no no there's no cursing there's no inappropriate stuff it's great uh and there aren't a lot of us out there there are not a lot of us out there I feel and I, I think that there's a market for it uh, one of the things that I get a lot is, you know, there are some people who watch the show today, uh, or rather not today, but who watch this channel and, and say, I'm glad that there's a place I can go to where I don't have to worry about my kids, you know, listening in, or I can watch it with my kids because I, I know that you're going to try and keep things, you know, at worst PG-13. And even then it's, it's more of the subject matter than it is anything else. So anyway, Force of Light Entertainment, thank y'all for being here. Uh, again, shout out to y'all. All righty here. Uh, Thursday Warrior, who is a member, says, New 007 movie discounted to 005 and a half? Well, if that is just how those code names worked, wouldn't that be interesting? <laughs> wouldn't that be interesting? Again, Gunner, thank you very much for that super chat. Very much appreciate it. Uh, you're awesome, man. Thank you again. And hopefully I answered your question earlier. Remember, Sci-Fi, who is a member, says, If the coof has proven anything, it's when someone is called an expert, it's just because they got paid to be as ignorant as everybody else. I think that is a great shout. I think that says a lot. Because we've known a lot of so-called experts who have made a lot of so-called predictions, and a lot of them have turned out to be either just not true, false, or downright lies. And so, yes, I, I would say that there are definitely some similar things to be said here as well, for sure. Joey Horn, what is going on? Thank you very much for being in the chat and for being uh, one of my supporters. I very much appreciate that. Uh, awesome one says, Odin is a financial success. I don't know about that. Uh, let's just say that I enjoy the fact that I have fun with this. It's a blast. I love doing it. And I've, I always say this, and it's, it's still true. I do this because it's fun. If it wasn't fun, I wouldn't be doing it. And I am able to support my hobby. I'm able to do enough to be able to support my hobby, to do a lot of giveaways of, of Blu-rays and 4Ks for, for people who support me as well. And that is, that's enough for me. That I'm, I'm comfortable with that. If one day somehow things just got crazy successful, awesome. You know, that 
cool, okay. But I, I'm fine with where we are. And I know that the chat is fine with where we are too because we're a very small but mighty community. Can the 56 people watching on a Saturday night, I appreciate y'all so very much because a lot of y'all are here every single time that we stream, are always in the comment sections on my videos, and it really does uh, mean a lot to know that there are people that genuinely enjoy the, the content and enjoy what I do. So I enjoy it as well. It's fun. Never thought I would have fun with math, but hey, <laughs> here I am. <laughs> Once again, back in the thick of it with the box office reporting. But yes, thank you very much. I, I appreciate that. I appreciate that very much. Uh, Grandmaster Yoda tagged to say, even it's a small part of budget, don't forget Norway paid about $4 million in sponsor to get them to film here, so it got some free cash. Yeah, but $4 million is not a whole lot there, right? $4 million is, yeah, you said it. I, you, you do admit at the beginning there that it's a small. $4 million is not going to be enough to be able to make up you know, anything. Uh, Andrew Hoyle, then, uh, thank you for being a member, Andrew. He says, hey, Odin, very quick. Do you prefer uh, Leicestershire, Leicestershire or Worcestershire, Worcestershire better? Don't worry, this isn't a trick question to get you to talk about the Tomorrow War. Uh, well, I see what you did at the very end there, but also I assume that this is a way to try and see how I pronounce uh, Worcestershire, which, again, I probably am, am Worcestershire. Is it Worcestershire? That's the sauce, Worcestershire. Is it Worcestershire? I hope I'm doing at least better than some other uh, <laughs> silly Americans do. Uh, I don't know enough about uh, Leicestershire. Is that, that's, is that what it is? Leicestershire? Leicestershire? I don't know what that first one is. Uh, Leicestershire sounds a little bit more. But anyway, that's okay if I, if I didn't pronounce it because uh, silly, silly uh, UK people with your funny names and your funny spellings of English words like like somehow you have some ownership of the English language that you can just add random random use to your words doesn't make any sense there's these remember I don't plan to see it like I don't even plan to think about it no time to die well I think you failed on that first part and I'm sorry but I think the subject matter has has not helped there uh, Mr. Grant Gregory who's a member what's going on dude been a while glad to have you back uh yeah baby Thor doing well um, he was just about to go to bed before the show. Uh, he has been getting ever so, uh, we used to be able to get him up to about 7.30 before he would crash. And now because of, we used to have a, a nap or a, you know, a optional nap between his last sleep of the day when he get up around three or so. And then he would basically now it goes to from three to if we can get him about seven before he crashes, but it's, it's been getting really funny because we've been mostly skipping that nap now. And, uh, and so it leads to a lot of, uh, what I like to call like drunk baby where they're just so tired that they're, it's, it's, it's like they're drunk is like the only way I can really <laughs> describe it. So, um, it's been pretty funny to see. Uh, Evan S says, I just watched Razor Fist video on return to Pulp Fiction heroes and stories. Totally agree. The Shadow, Flash Gordon, and Tarzan are the OG. Yeah, as I, I don't have as much connection with um, with a lot of the comic book characters just because I didn't really grow up with comics. That really wasn't something I was ever really drawn to. It wasn't something that my friends were drawn to. Again, I was a movie guy. Movie and TV. Games Repository, what's going on, man? Welcome back to the channel. The Hunk of Chunky Funky Monkey, what is going on? Glad to have you here. Uh, Mr. Grant Gregory, who is a member, 
says here, for some reason, I don't feel like Bond as much as a triumph, even though it's tracking better in every category. Weird. That's the thing, though, is that I don't know what you mean by tracking better. If you mean in in the numbers, it's actually very much underperforming. And that's something that I mentioned and focus on in my recent video. They, the so-called experts, were saying the film was supposed to make upwards of $100 million domestically this weekend, and instead it's going to make 60. The average was around 80 to $84 million that they were projecting for this weekend, the so-called experts. And now they're saying 55 to 60. So that is a massive disappointment. And they did admit that the success of the film would be reliant upon middle-aged demographic, the older demographic. Because obviously when we talk about James Bond fans, typically speaking, it's my parents' generation who are some of the biggest and most hardcore of the James Bond fans. And obviously there's there's a range there of, of, of people that are fans of the entire franchise. There are people obviously who grew up with certain bonds, but typically it's that it's that older demographic that they rely on. And one of the things that has been mentioned is, you know, are they showing up to movies? Well, one could argue that Venom 2 was successful because that was geared towards younger audiences. Younger audiences are not nearly as afraid or as terrified of what's going on right now, as really when you look at the data, you really shouldn't be as afraid. I'm not a doctor, but hey, I'm just going to be honest here. You know, fear is nothing but a, a weapon of the powerful, right? Fear is how the powerful keep control over you. But unfortunately, a lot of the people that are going to be more drawn to this movie are the ones that consume the media that tries to instill this, this sense of fear, this perpetual state of fear and buy into it. So the argument that's going to be made when this film makes around $60 million is probably likely the, the what it's going to actually make. The argument that's going to be made to try and say why they were wrong and their you know predictions or why this is not a very successful run when you compare it to films like Spectre, when you compare it to um, films like Skyfall, for instance, in their opening weekends, is because that older demographic, was was they were scared. They didn't show up for it. And so that's why it didn't do well. Instead of just being able to admit that, well... That is a part of the equation. However, that also speaks more to more so to MGM and more so to the producers for creating a product that they need to so heavily rely on those older demographics. And I think it kind of shows you the failure of the of the the Bond franchise with the Daniel Craig era. And this is coming from someone who thoroughly enjoyed Casino Royale, who also really enjoyed Skyfall and was not as ticked off with Spectre. I didn't like Spectre as much as, as Skyfall or especially as a Casino Royale, but it was leaps and bounds better than Quantum of Solace, which to me is still one of the worst Bond films I've ever seen in my life. It was just such such a trash movie. But what the decisions that they've made in this franchise with the Daniel Craig specifically, you know, my, my dad, he's a major Bond fan, like literally major Bond fan, has seen every single Bond film multiple times. There was a, a period of like a couple of years where my parents would literally watch every Friday a Bond film. So they went through every single Bond film all the way through Daniel Craig. I think they would sometimes skip Pierce Brosnan because my dad, he just has this thing where he cannot stand Pierce Brosnan, hates the Pierce Brosnan Bond. It's just he doesn't like him. He doesn't like uh, the portrayal of Bond uh, in that. He loves Casino Royale. He actually doesn't hate uh, Kwame Salas as much as I do. Though he does have some issues with it. But even for him, with, with certain character choices and casting choices for certain characters, he was already starting to say, oh yeah, this is not feeling a lot like Bond. And from what I'm hearing about this latest one, I, I, I don't know what he's going to, I don't know if he's even going to want to watch it, to be honest. 
So, you know, having a mega fan like like him kind of not care a whole lot about whether he sees it or not or say, I'll wait for it to come out on Blu-ray or something. And, and even then, you know, maybe he'll watch it once and then, and then he'll be done with it. You know, I think that speaks volumes to how they have failed not only to hold on to the demographic that they are apparently relying on, because, again, the excuse will be that this movie didn't do as well because of the older, older demographic not showing up. However, if you actually go to the older demographic, including the hardcore fans, a lot of them have already started to say, yeah, I'm willing to wait. Anyway, uh, Angela, uh, Angela uh, Guidolin, what's going on, Angela? Thank you very much for being here. I appreciate it. Mr. Grant Gregory with another comment says, with you having a week off, I invite you on my show. Uh, so that just happened. Let's talk movies. Hey, dude, uh, again, contact me through Twitter is usually the best place, unfortunately, uh, for me as contacts right now. Uh, I'll see what I can do. Um, obviously, I'm off the whole week, but I do have plans. I, I'm going to try and see movies. I, I do need to do some grading because, uh, you know, we have, you know, last assessments of the quarter. And obviously, I'm, I'm going to, you know, push those off a little bit. Uh, but yeah, timing is going to be a um, the biggest question for that. Because I still, evenings are still as much of an issue as they usually are for me. Evenings are just never good, even when I'm off, just because obviously that's that's really family time for me, uh, or I have you know scheduled streams or things like that. But during the day, have a lot more uh, for next week at least. Scott Miller, what's going on? Welcome back, Soul Assassin. Welcome back, Hunger Chunky Funky Monkey. Says, haven't watched any of the Craig Bonds, not interested in Nolan-esque grimdark version, not to mention the rebooted timeline. Yeah, especially with what we know now. I will say this much, though, Hunky Chunky, I, I think Casino Royale is worth watching. Even if you go into it thinking and going into it saying to yourself, this is not a Bond film. And I know that's kind of a silly thing to say. It's just, it's a very well done film. And the tension, especially during the, during the card game, is, is fantastic. Kara Tharp says, I don't get off work for another week. Yeah, I know that everyone's uh, fall break can sometimes be a little bit different. Uh, we get ours next week, so very excited. Uh, Andrew Hoyle says, spoiler alert, James Bond isn't English. Oh, man, yeah. Man, there it is. That That is the big reveal. That is a big reveal right there from Andrew Hoyle. Spoiler warning, everybody. They, they finally give up. They give up the biggest secret of them all, and that is that James Bond isn't actually English. What do you know? What do you know? Awesome one trolling there. Uh, Soul Assassin, what's up, bruh? What is up, man? I appreciate you. Let's see. Commander Ed Stracker. Uh, sorry, Commander Ed Straker of S-H-A-D-O. What's going on? Welcome back. Or rather, welcome to the channel. I think that's the first time I've seen that here. Kara Tharpu is a member. Has this to say, has anyone seen the Belfast trailer? I haven't seen it a few times. It looks good. Not seen the Belfast trailer. I don't think I have, at least. Um, I have actually, and this is, is going into my musical theater background, uh, there's a trailer out for a film called Tick, Tick, Boom with Andrew Garfield as Jonathan Larson, who was the writer and composer of Rent, the musical. Now, I'm sure a lot of people have different opinions about Rent, the musical, and I think a lot of them can be well-founded. I think it's a, it's a musical that got too popular meaning more more popular than it probably should have gotten and yet there are there's really good music in in that musical there's some really good music some really good lyrics but there's another show that he did before rent called tick tick boom and that's what this film is going to be and even though there's a lot of stuff around the film that i think could actually lead to its detriment uh so for instance uh lin-manuel miranda it's his directorial debut 
I'm not a big fan of his. Just I've never been drawn to the work that he's done. I love Andrew Garfield, though. He apparently took a year. Uh, Andrew Garfield, he was the amazing Spider-Man Spider-Man. Um, but he's also been in a lot of other films. I, I like him as an actor. I think he's an incredibly talented actor. But he dedicated a year of his life to learn how to sing. And you can, when you listen to that trailer and when you listen to the first song that they released called 3090, you can hear that he got training. Like, he actually got legit training and that it is actually him singing and it's very impressive for what he was able to do in a year's time and i'm i'm actually incredibly excited for that movie for tick tick boom because there's some songs in that show that are just so fantastic 3090 is great there's another song uh that i think is just so beautiful uh oh man i forget the official name of the song but it's like cages or wings, which would you prefer? Ask the birds. Fear or love, baby, don't say the answer. Actions speak louder than words. It's just a very powerful song, and I love it. Uh, Force of Light Entertainment, thank you. Thank you for the invitation. I, I very much appreciate it. Thank you. Um, Let me know. Let me know. Uh, 70B had some buffering. Sorry to hear that. Uh, 70B then says, yeah, uh, I don't know. Um, it would be interesting. Luckily, I remain very PG on <laughs> on the show, despite the things that go on around me. Also, there are times where my, my rosary does make an appearance because I, there are le- legit times uh, where I am praying. <laughs> like I'll I'll mute my microphone and I'll just be, uh, you know, saying saying prayers of the rosary because <laughs> there are some weeks where where it's needed. Let's see. Awesome one says Pinhead was designed like an angel, not having any kind of gender. Okay. All right. Awesome one. So it sounds like you have a little bit more knowledge there. So maybe it it depends on how the characters played. So for instance, right in uh, the passion of Christ with Mel Gibson, he cast a woman to play Satan, even though uh, historically, when we think about Satan, we think of it as more, more of like a male uh, character. Right. And obviously angels don't, don't have gender which is kind of the point, he cast a female, but then made her look very masculine and also gave her a, uh, someone else did the voiceover for her character where it was a man's voice. And the point of it was to be very ethereal and just have that thing like where you just, it seemed like something is off. Like you're just like, oh man, there's this cross up going on and it's so weird. It's so bizarre. If that's what they're going for. And again, I'm not an expert on, on, on pinhead or anything, by the way, uh, Black Mirror, thank you for being here. Um, but if that's what they're going for, if they're casting a female to try and create this otherness and kind of like as what you had said uh, about it, you know, awesome one about it being this more angelic, angelic-like character where it's supposed to be genderless, maybe it could work. Maybe it could work. So anyway, uh, the chat is slowly uh, catching up on me. And again, apologies if anyone is over on Odyssey. I will try and get to y'all when I get to a comfortable spot in the chat. Uh, Storm Booba says, I have to visit this channel and Father Vendel's channel to clear my tiny bare brain of all the naughty words I learned on other channels. Seriously, yes. Uh, it's good just to have like a cleansing, I think. And I, I would say that, that Father's channel, of course, is good for that. Orange Hat Reviews also typically uh, doesn't fall into the naughty words either. However... Um, that is not to say that there's not been some stuff on, on the channel featured there, not to call out orange hat. Love you, orange hat. Um, let's just say a comparison with another movie, uh, which was a naughty film. Uh, (laughs) he knows which one I'm talking about. Um, 
And uh, but anyway, overall, though, in general, not something that he typically um, does. But yeah, father. And then uh, again, uh, Force of Light Entertainment. Absolutely. Every time uh, is great. So uh, Burst Angel. Welcome. 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 Hey, yeah, absolutely. Burst Angel. I'm always glad when it's 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 amazing whenever there are people that show up in the chat for different reasons. Like there's people who who show up in the chat because they are fellow Catholics and they've heard my my takes on you know the modern crisis in the church and things like that. And then there's others who who are here because of of movies and everything. It's just always great to have the different perspectives on this. Uh, Scott Miller, what's going on, man? Uh, Andrew Hayes in the chat, what's going on? Thank you for being here. Yes, indeed. Tina, thanks for letting people know. And again, I do fall behind. I do indeed fall behind. It's all it's all good. Uh, Alice McCarthy says, so Ryan wouldn't be a kid-friendly channel. Mind blown. No, I would definitely not say that. Yeah, I would not say uh, family-friendly. <laughs> He's going to do his. He's going to do his, right? Everyone's going to do their own. And everyone has something that works for them. And, right? and it's nothing against anyone for how they handle themselves. Um, but I think that there are there is, I think, a niche out there that just not just wants the pop culture talk, not just wants the nerd talk, but also would like it to be one where it's it's real. It, it's not shilling. It, it's not, you know, falling into the access media nonsense, but it's also one that people could watch. And unfortunately, it seems like most of the big family fr- family friendly shows or family friendly channels are massive shills typically, you know? And so I feel like there is this like this empty space of okay, how do we be counter? Guess you could say countercultural, uh, counter, counter shill as it were, but also be able to provide a a space for people who maybe want some more wholesome content. I don't know. That's just my own perspective on that. Uh, Andrew Hayes says, going to see Venom 2 in a few hours. You couldn't pay me to see No Time to Make Money after seeing the snooze fest that was Spectre. Yeah, Spectre had some issues for sure. I didn't hate it as much, to be honest. That's just me, though. Again, I didn't. I don't think it's a good film. But in my head, all I could think of was, all right, at least it's not Quantum Solace. <laughs> that, that's all I could think of. Uh, Keely Chow, what's going on? Andrew Hoyle was laughing at me as I was destroying this pronunciation. Uh, Sharon, Sharon, Sharon Ferguson, what's going on? Says it's Leicestershire. Leicestershire. Gotcha. Scott Miller says Leicestershire. And then Leicestershire says Snortapupus. I'm going to assume it's Leicestershire. Leicestershire. Interesting. <laughs> says, I quit watching Daniel Craig after Casino Royale. The more I thought about it, the more I hated it. Do not feel like a Bond film too unrealistic and gritty? You mean, I, I, Thanatos, I felt, I felt that it was almost hyper-realistic, to be honest. If there was any, the other films, the other Bond films, much more, I think, fall into unrealistic camp. Whereas this one is much more serious. It is, in a way, similar to the turn that happened when you had the... Oh, I'm blanking out on on the name for this, but the uh, oh crap, Timothy Dalton. When you had the Timothy Dalton films, right? It took a lot more of a serious turn, and I actually prefer the Timothy Dalton Bond. My my favorite Bond is actually Timothy Dalton. My wife and I went through the process of watching all of the Bond films, and we got through the second of the Pierce Brosnan Bond films, which I until I watched the second Pierce Brosnan film, realized only after I. I never knew I had not seen the second one before. Never knew that. But anyway, uh, understand that. Uh, Andrew Hoyle says, Leicestershire and 
Worcestershire. Yeah. So Worcestershire was one I think I was a little, at least a little closer on. Definitely was not correct, but a little closer on. The, yeah, Leicestershire, I was looking at it thinking, I, I don't know where to go with this. Jace Doe, what is going on, good sir? Thank you very much for being here. I appreciate it. And, uh, oh, man, thank you. Yeah. Uh, for those that don't know, Jace Doe is always, he's a collector like I am, physical media collector, and he sends me digital codes. And I give those codes away to people that are eligible for giveaways uh, for being in the army of Asgard level and above on the various platforms like Subscribestar, Patreon, Locals. Uh, by the way, because I do have this week off, I'm going to try and focus on one, completing the giveaway that's currently active and also trying to do several uh, quick giveaways this week. So pay attention to the, especially the Discord server for a lot of people, uh, Subscribestar and Patreon peeps, the Discord server. I send an email out every month if I haven't this month, then I, I will do that this week as well to get into the Discord server. There's a channel there for giveaways for people who have uh, who are at the Army of Asgard level and above. And also, by the way, we are still going to be recording the podcast, me and, and John Flickinger. However, uh, John has been sick the last week, so we're waiting on him to get better. Anyway, uh, <laughs> thank you, Jace Doe. I appreciate it. Let's see. Awesome One says, did you know uh, Worcestershire... Uh, Oh, man, see, now that it's not in front of me, I'm going to forget it. Worcestershire was a failed product made out of rotten food covered up with tons of salt to cover the smell and taste. Interesting. And yet people like to put it on their stuff. So is it really a failed product if people are still buying it and selling it? Can it really be a failed product if it's being bought and sold? Is the real question. Remember, sci-fi, I'm terrified about going to the theater, but that's just because of the product they put out lately. Hey, I hear that, man. <laughs> Your fear is driven not by my coof, but instead by something else. Mayor Darth Starweaver, what's up? How is it going? <laughs> it's a new name, so welcome to the channel. Hope you are having a good time. Um, all right, it's Sharon Ferguson, Sharon, I'm going to need to get off now because I got to help with dinner. Sharon, you're never here. Sharon, I know Sharon's very busy, though. Thank you for stopping by, though, Sharon. I appreciate it. Uh, always appreciate the love and support. Thank you, thank you, thank you. All right, let me see if I can hop over to Honesty real quick, if anyone's over there. Uh, the R, what's going on, bro? Thank you very much for the $5 donation over on Odyssey, because you can give dollar donations over there in addition to the crypto. Thank you very much, the R. Says, FSU1, I'm happy. Here, have some pizza money. Well, thank you very much, the R. I appreciate that, man. And then he says, I love Casino Royale, not just a great Bond film, but a great movie period. It's a great action film. I agree completely, the R. I think it's a great action film. And as I said, the only objective issue, um, and obviously this is not the only one, but the only one that I can think of, when it, especially it comes to the action specifically, is the fact that you can tell very easily when the stunt teams come in to play, when Daniel Craig's stuntman comes in. Because the hair color is different enough where you can where you can see it. But man, there's some really cool stuff. I mean, there's one where this dude's like jumping through like windows and stuff, like doing uh, pretty. It's actually funny. Be, it's or not funny. It's it's actually fun because there's a couple of stunts done in Casino Royale where it almost reminded me kind of like of Buster Keaton. I don't know. Uh, something from Sherlock Jr. with going through the window, especially. There's like a scene when he like goes through a window. I think maybe I'm thinking of a. Uh, of a martial arts film instead, but 
I feel like there's a scene in this when he like goes to a very small space. The guy that he's chasing in the beginning. Anyway, reminded me there was a scene in Sherlock Jr. where uh, Buster Keaton did something similar. Uh, Greta Zenner. What's going on, Greta? Greta, what's going on? Thank you for being here. Appreciate it. Uh, yeah, it, it was the last week of the quarter. So it was uh, crazy because students are always trying to do everything last minute. But yeah. Mr. Grant Gregory, what's going on? The invite does not have an expiration date. Well, thank you for that. I appreciate it. I'm just warning you in advance that it's very... <laughs> and this is not because of anything else other than time. It's very hard for me to go on to other channels, especially ever since uh, the birth of baby Thor. Uh, and that's, again, it's because of time issues. Uh, summer, there's usually more ability because of... Especially now, since he, for the last summer was was not in daycare for the first half i was stay at home dad which was awesome it was great bonding time but towards the end i was getting uh, to that point where every parent i think gets to where they're just like i love your child but i need some me time i need i need a break um and uh it's been great so i'm i'm looking forward to next week um because also little guy is gonna be a year old which is insane baby thor is going to be one, just as Greta just said in the live chat. Yeah, it's insane. Um, and for, for anyone out there that is uh, Catholic who watches the channel, uh, it's the anniversary of the Miracle of the Sun, Our Lady of Fatima. So uh, also happens to be the feast day of St. Edward the Confessor, which is what I only, I didn't know a lot about Fatima, um, really until about a year ago when I was looking into just feast days and stuff. And I started to learn a little bit more and over the past year I've learned a lot more about it and sure enough Miracle of the Sun is uh is the anniversary there which is a pretty cool story if you've never heard of it before it's one where even conspiracy theorists <laughs> at least have some knowledge of it it's an amazing crossover event of of Catholics and conspiracy theorists I don't know it's just this 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 weird combination of things I feel uh, Andrew Hayes says, I wonder how well Superman will do as James Bond at this point. Yeah, um, there are some people, obviously, who would love to see someone like Henry Cavill as the next Bond. I, I think, to be honest, that might be one of the only ways you get the younger demographics out. Because there are a ton of people I know who have given up on modern Bond, who are sick and tired of the nonsense, who see the direction, the writing on the wall that they're going in. And they would still say, oh, if they put him in this movie, if they somehow make Henry Cavill the next James Bond, I will go see it. That might be the way they get into that younger demographic. Now, I'm no studio expert. I'm no studio head. I don't make these decisions. And it's not like the fans have much input. But I think a lot of people, even in this chat, a lot of people that are tired of the modern Bond film would probably say, hey, I am going to go see a movie if he is in it if Henry Cavill is Bond. And I, I'm one of those persons too. And it comes down to the fact that Henry Cavill not only is a talented actor, but he is also, he's a geek, which makes him a fan, which makes him someone that we can relate to. You know, you know it's always amazing, right? They're, they're try, always trying to find people that are relatable, right? They want someone that the audiences can hold on to, that they can see themselves through on screen. Now, when I look at Henry Cavill as Superman or in any other role he does, I don't see myself. Because that dude is jacked. And and that is not something that's going to happen for me. Most likely. 
at this point in my life. I don't have the dedication. I don't have the time. I don't have the energy. And yet, what I do see is someone who built his own computer. And guess what? I, I've done that. So I see myself in that. I see someone who is a fan of the stuff that he does, who, who plays games, right? Who is a part of geekdom. And having that connection is something that is incredibly rare. I can't think of many other actors working in Hollywood today that fit a similar demographic or category like Henry Cavill. So I think that would actually be a brilliant move on their part. Are they going to do it? Probably not, because we know that the studios don't care about doing things. They don't care about doing things that fans want to see. They don't care about, somehow they don't care about making money, oddly enough. But as I said, there are so many people, even if they hired Phoebe Waller-Bridge to do the full script and all the rumors came out about it being a full, people would still say Henry Cavill's in it. And I'm going to go support him because he doesn't bow to the modern day Hollywood structure. And he's, he's a geek and that's awesome. Anyway, little, little rant there on, on Cavill there. Uh, auto rocks over on D live. What's going on? Uh, funny gift. I wish that I could highlight the gifts that are posted over on D live. Unfortunately, it's not in my power at this point. Uh, Andrew Hoyle says, didn't like Garfield Spider-Man, but loved him in Hacksaw Ridge. Here's the thing. Yeah. Andrew Garfield is a incredible actor. That was a terrible, uh, Spider-Man series. No doubt about it. It's not because of him though. That I think is a key point. It's not because of him. He wasn't the issue. It was the writing. <laughs> the writing was atrocious among other things. The, uh, the effects also were a big problem too. It wasn't his acting. That was the problem though. Like, he, he acted the hell out of it. Now, whether or not he fit Spider-Man or Peter Parker, I think that's something that is much more suitable to, who you know, actual comic fans, people who are fans of the source, source material, have a better idea, have a better concept of that than I would. But as an actor, he is one of the best actors. Out of all three of the live-action Spider-Mans since, you know, Tobey Maguire, I think he was the best actor, bar none. As far as actual acting talent and, and ability now who fit the role better that's a different discussion that is entirely that's a very subjective discussion in a certain way i think there's a level of objectivity there too because there's certain objective qualities of peter parker there's certain objective qualities of spider-man but there's no doubt andrew garfield is the better of the actors no question i, I will fight people on that point uh aiden vickery what's going on dude welcome back Appreciate you being here. Nathan Slay tagged to say, how is it that Psycho is a movie that continues to entertain upon rewatch? I find it amazing that even knowing the twist and what will happen, it's still thrilling. You know what part gets me in Psycho every single time is actually the second, it's the second murder. This, the murder on the stairs. Because it's, it's this, I don't know, it's the way it's shot, the way it's filmed. It just, every time, even though I know it's going to happen, I'm just like, oh man, it kind of reminds me of another more modern horror film that I watched uh, called It Follows, which is an odd film for a lot of reasons. It, it's it's a curse that is an STD. That's <laughs> what it is. It's a curse that you transmit, uh, which is a bizarre concept. But there's a scene in it where they're in a hallway and all of a sudden the creature 
appears as different people like throughout the entire film. So it's like you don't know who the like who it is, who the creature is, unless you realize that they're like actually coming at you basically. And there's this one sequence where this all of a sudden it's this big giant dude and all of a sudden from the darkness of the hallway appears that is the same emotion that i feel every single time so if anyone's seen it follows that's the emotion i feel for for psycho during that second murder in uh, on the staircase like oh man i'm already getting goosebumps just thinking about both of those scenes together in my head at the same time and if you've never seen it follows as i said the the premise of the film is definitely a little bit out there. But man, oh man, if you like thriller tension, it is a very, very good thriller. Um, and there's some really creepy imagery in there too. <laughs> Gary Banjo Sandwich says, I laughed so hard on FNT this week. That show was so funny. Dude, Gary Banjo Sandwich, I loved watching the chat because there were some people that hated Michael and Michael. They hated that sketch. I was there laughing so much because... I knew exactly what they were going for. And they didn't tell us what they were doing beforehand either. It was a surprise to us too. We were experiencing it live together. And as soon as they came in with the low tone, which a lot of people hated, and I understand why. I understand why. Because it was hard to hear them. However, that is kind of like what they were, they were, they weren't projecting their voices because they were going for the, hello everybody, welcome to NPR, and I'm going to speak more softly. The only uh, obviously issue with doing that is you got to really be on the microphone in order to really be able to still be heard. And they, they didn't have that part. But even not hearing them as loudly, I, it was hilarious. It was so funny because it's like, yeah, this is like a typical NPR podcast and it was hilarious. Michael, Michael. It was so funny. But the the number of people who were like, this is stupid. This is old. I'm leaving. I'm leaving now. Even members of, of the channel were saying it. I was like, I'm sorry that you don't like it, but I was I was having a good time. I thought it was I thought it was hilarious. Uh, Andrew Hoyle, speaking of which, says, So do you have any plans to appear on the Michael Michael podcast? Probably not. <laughs> but it, it was oh I loved it it was so great awesome one then says I should definitely be on Michael and Michael I don't know if I if I could make it uh, Orange Chat who is a member does say I try to keep it light sometimes I curse and such but I make the effort to try not to yeah as I said Orange Chat is 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 usually a pretty good shout as far as keeping things uh, clean for sure uh, first Fever Sci-Fi says Ryan hanging out in Indiana on the dunes by Lake Michigan might be kid friendly but I haven't watched the whole thing yet. Maybe he tumbles down the dune cursing and then hits the lake. Yeah, I remember that uh, coming out. I haven't watched it yet either. But yeah, based on the title and the image, I'm like, oh, this looks pretty wholesome. And then I'm like, oh, wait, it's still on the... <laughs> I'm sure that he might find something still <laughs> to curse out. Maybe he'll find a tree that's that's looking at the wrong way or something. <laughs> much, much love to Ryan. RK Outpost, Patriot Outpost's second channel. Glad that he's having a lot of success too with that second channel. Alrighty, let us jump over to Odyssey. Jacques Lesuave says, okay, hear me out. Ray Winston as the next Bond. You want some Blofeld? Uh, you want some? You slog. <laughs> uh, I don't know if Ray Winston, or is it, wait, is it Winstone or Winston? I don't, not the next Bond as the next Blofeld. I could see him playing that role. As long as he doesn't try and do a weird accent like he did in uh, uh, Black Widow. But 
I think he plays a great villain, so I think that he would be much better there than as a Bond. <laughs> if I'm thinking of the same person, maybe I'm thinking of the wrong person. Uh, it happens. Sometimes I get crossed up. Uh, Andrew Hayes then says, always remember, let's go, Brandon. Yeah, it was so funny. Before the show yesterday on FNT, I had to get them to explain that to me because I, I've seen the video going around, but I, I didn't watch it. I, I saw people sharing it, but I didn't actually watch it or listen to it. And then when I did, I I only got to the part where they were cursing out, um, saying a curse word about the president. And that's all I got to. So I didn't skip or, or watch all the way to the end. When the whole, oh, they, you know, you can hear the crowd. They're saying, let's go. Brand. I, so when I kept seeing it everywhere, I saw it everywhere. And I was like, I, I don't know what's going on. I'm so confused. So I had to have them explain it to me. And they were just like, how do you not know this? How do you not know this? And I'm like, because I, I work full time. Because I, <laughs> because I have a job. I have a life um, that's outside of the internet. And so I, I was so confused, though. I was so confused. And to finally get the full context. As you all know, context incredibly important for me. You know y'all know I need context to to function as a person. Even in my own chat. If I have no if I have no context in my chat, I get lost completely. Anyway, Alice McCarthy, next bond needs to be a combo of Dalton and Brosnan. I think that be and as I said, Henry Cavill I think would be a great choice. Tina says, neither I nor Steph have any interest in the new Bond movie. We despise Daniel Craig as an actor. We just glad he won't be Bond anymore. So you have a passionate Valkyrie who are just trying to save people in the chat who care about spoilers. I think that's awesome. It's a credit to them. It's a credit to my Valkyrie who are amazing and beautiful people. The R over on Odyssey just saying, let's go, Brandon. <laughs> and I'm glad I know that now because these are the kinds of things as a teacher, especially, I need to know. I need to know what the current memes are. I need to know what the current uh, trends are because sometimes they can be inappropriate and sometimes students will try and throw certain things, curveballs, um, whether it's, you know, you're playing a game and, and they're allowed to pick a name or something like that. I need to be able to know this kind of stuff because they try and they'll get away with it with certain teachers who don't know what's going on. And I'm one of those weird, uh, uh, as far as age-wise, one of those weird places because I'm young enough to be able to be very much a part of the internet generation. But at the same time, I'm old enough where there are certain things that are definitely going to be a lot uh, more, you know, things that are going to be a little bit beyond me. So I'm very happy. I'm very, very happy to be able to to know <laughs> what's going on here. I knew I'd make Tina's day. I knew I would make Tina's day with this reference. Uh, reference? Reference? <laughs> yes, reference. I make references all the time. Don't you mean reference? No, I mean reference. Tina B., I knew you'd be happy with my uh, reference there to Sherlock Jr. I have. I have not seen a lot of Buster Keaton. I have a Buster Keaton collection. Like, it's a Blu-ray collection of a lot if not all if not most of his films and i've i've seen that one i've seen sherlock jr and maybe a little bit of the general or did i just mix him up with didn't he have one called the general too i thought so but yes anyway <laughs> you're welcome you are welcome <laughs> 
for that. All right, anyone? Let us see here. Uh, Greta had mentioned that. Yes, absolutely. Baby Thor, absolutely. <laughs> yes, the baby. The baby. Let us see. Grandmaster Yoda says, I hope you like the new film, but I felt it was flat out boring and super predictable. It looks good, but so did Last Jedi. Yeah, I mean, obviously, it's one of those things where I, I have no doubt in my mind that all of the crew behind the scenes are going to have done their job well. Especially when you talk about these these films where, you know, the stars, they get paid, you know, countless millions of dollars. And the ones that really make the magic work, who without nothing could happen, they're the ones that are going to still be putting in the effort. That's why whenever I am even critical of a movie, usually I'm able to at least give some positive feedback to more ob- objective elements so the stunt teams, the, uh, you know, cinematography, camera, camera work, that kind of stuff, um, scores, the other, you know, general things to that extent, because obviously I can crap on directors and actors, right? The, the ones who get the most attention, but also the ones who are typically uh, going to be a little bit more uh, talky, a little bit more, you know, mouthy, trying to basically skew whatever their film is, either trying to push a narrative in the film or trying to make it look like they're trying to push something in the film, even if they're not. But it's the regular everyday folk who are still, you know, still working as hard as they possibly can. Especially the films coming out in the next like two, three years. Those are going to be the ones that I think we really have to keep in mind. The amount of people who are, you know, they were already living pay to paycheck to paycheck before COVID. Now it's, it's even worse. One of the many reasons why I almost went into that and almost went into that industry and decided not to because I did not like the idea of not having something that was guaranteed. The Physics Channel with Kenny Lee. What's going on, bruv? Thank you for being here. Forever Sci-Fi says, did you watch the recent movie about Fatima? So, yes, the, the film called Fatima. I, I did get to watch that one. And it's 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 fine. It's definitely not, objectively speaking, the, the best of films that I've seen. But it is actually a pretty well-made film for what it is. I wish it had gone into things a little bit more, but it does leave some stuff out. It does change some elements of the story a bit, and I would have liked it to have been a much more, by the numbers, I guess you could say, a faithful telling of the of the story. I, I didn't like watching it, and not and especially when I did watch it, I didn't have as much knowledge of Fatima, and I still obviously am learning so much about it, and there's still so much that I don't know, but that is something that I wish more films like that, especially from a religious perspective would really pay the most attention to, to try and get the best stuff out there and the most accurate stuff out there. Uh, Kara Tharp says my puppy Winston just turned one in April. That is awesome. Puppy birthdays are also always fantastic. My pups are about four and five now. Crazy, crazy to think, think about that. Legit thirty six. That I I can say for sure uh, to get Cavill's to get Henry Cavill's physique would require a lot, and you might be able to get me to a point of of doing a little, or even a moderate amount. But the the lot, I I say nay nay. Um, I think that I I have to at this point, uh, because it it just fits very well. Uh, this is what I say to to that saying. Never say never. Uh, okay, then I will say this instead. <laughs> I said, oh, nay, nay. I, I... Yeah, 
I had to say, I got to say nay, nay. I say nay, nay to that. Over on Odyssey, Jack LaSuave says, at this point, the only franchise I can think of that hasn't been defiled by wokeness is Die Hard. You think they're going to drag John McClane out of retirement and introduce his daughter to outperform him? Here's the, here's the issue, though. You might be correct about not being defiled by wokeness. However, it has been defiled by having way too many sequels. That it's a it's a tired franchise that's been well stretched beyond measure. So even though you might be correct, it's not in a good position. So a film franchise can maybe not be impacted by wokeness. However, does not necessarily mean that it's a safe franchise <laughs> to say at the very least, you know. Oh, man. Let's see. Kara Tharp says here, if Cavill's Bond, I will go see it. I'm not really into Bond. As I said, I think there are a lot of people who would go to see it just for that reason. I really do think so. And I think that is a great example. Uh, Joey Horn, who is a member, says Cavill is the wrong era. They won't let him be what he should be, which is the biggest star in the industry. Yeah, I definitely would say that it seems at least the the perspective from the outside seems to be that it's the Hollywood industry that's holding him back. But maybe we don't because we really don't know everything that's going on. What if it is his own choice? What if he has been offered things and has turned them down? You know how we always find these things out, right? Years, years later, after the fact, we find out, oh, did you know so-and-so was offered a role first? And what would the film have been like had this been the case? Maybe that's happening or has been happening with him. That, that could be the case. I, I look to a career like that of Heath Ledger. Heath Ledger did not want the fame and glory. That, that wasn't what he was about. He, he was about the art. It took a lot for him to even take on and accept to do a role like Joker. And it was really only because of Nolan and Nolan's vision that he was willing to, to, to take on that role. And, I mean, think about how big he would have been. He was already obviously well-known for, for being the heartthrob role, right? But imagine how big he would have been after that film. And how big he really was after that film. Obviously, by the time of his you know, tragic death, he wasn't really able to experience it, but he didn't really want it. He didn't really want that fame. I mean, keep in mind, the film he did right after that and was in the process of making when he died was an obscure Terry Gilliam film, which I'm actually a big fan of, The Imaginarium of Dr. Parnassus. I, I actually love that film because they were only part of the way through filming they hadn't filmed any of the stuff that happens in what's called the Imaginarium in the film, which is kind of like this fantasy world. And so Terry Gilliam, being the creative genius that he is, says, all right, we're going to finish this film for Heath. We're going to finish this film for him. And the way we'll do it is we've already got all of the scenes, for the most part, outside of the Imaginarium taken care of. It's just the stuff in the fantasy world that has not been done. And so what we'll do is we'll get actors to come in and to fulfill this role. And we'll play it off as when he enters into the fantasy realm, into the Imaginarium, he sees himself differently based off of different personality traits and tropes that he has. And so you have Johnny Depp stepping up to do that role. You have, um, oh my goodness, I don't know, uh, let's see, Jude Law stepping in to play the role. And, um, oh man, playing out on the, the last one. Again, I know who it is, but I am blanking at the moment. Colin Farrell. So Colin Farrell coming in as well. And it works so well, you think, 
okay, they, they had to have had this planned. They had to have had this planned, but, but they didn't. It was something that just happened naturally because of it. But that was the kind of person he was. So maybe Henry Cavill's someone like that. Now, I would not say Henry Cavill is as talented of an actor as Heath Ledger. I honestly, I, as I always say, people ask, who's your favorite actor of all time? There's a lot of people I could go to. Heath Ledger is always at the top. And it's because I really do appreciate the craft and performances that he put forward, especially in his choices to do more obscure indie films for the roles, for the experience, for trying to put on these incredible performances, for trying to challenge himself. It's something that you can really appreciate in an actor when their goal is to challenge themselves and not just to get a paycheck. So, yeah. Anyway, I, I hope that Cavill gets his chance to shine, or if he hasn't, it's because of his own choice. Daniel Thorne over on DLive, what is going on? Thank you very much for being here. I appreciate it. I see some people. Yes, legit 36. That's exactly the tall dude in the hallway. So again, just thinking about it creeps me out. And it reminds me a lot of the emotion of, as I said, the second murder in Psycho. Uh, Alaric, what's going on, bro? Says, have you totaled up all of the Disney releases box office tolls for the year 2021? I have not, Alaric. That might be something I'd handle towards the end, uh, you know, towards, you know, December when we have a little bit of a better idea. But no, that's a good, I, I think that's something I'm going to do. I'm going to total up all of the box office as far as the budgets, marketing, how much the actual box office was, and how much they're in the red. Absolutely. Absolutely will do that. Um, obviously, there's still a lot of films that need to come out, which means they could either make some money back, but in all likelihood, I could totally see them losing much more because we got Eternals set to come out, and while Shang-Chi was able to really do well domestically because they were able to really focus on specific demographics and do really well with those demographics, I don't really know who they can put the Eternals towards. I don't really know who they can try and push that towards, you know? So I really do think that's going to be a massive flop. Now, we could still see a miracle happen. Again, no one expected, even the people who were supportive of the film, no one expected Shang-Chi to do as well as it did. No one, and anyone that says that they did would be lying to you, would be able to say that that film was going to make over $200 million domestically and be one of the most successful domestic releases of the pandemic era. No one. So, anyway, The Cheese Factor, what's going on? Thank you very much for being in the chat. Forever Sci-Fi, who is a member, says, I didn't hate the Michael and Michael sketch. I just thought it went way too long. And you see, for me, as it kept going on, I I just fell in love with it more and more because they kept doing so much. It was great. Uh, Thursday Warrior says, Kyle Dunnigan's filters and voice voices were uncanny. Dude, not just that, like not only are his impersonations fantastic, the other amazing thing about uh, Kyle Dunnigan is how he's able to switch on a dime. Like he's able just to to go from one. So like he would have a couple of moments where he would switch from one face to the other and he was able to change almost instantaneously. And that takes an immense amount of talent. Jay Stowe, thank you very much, man, uh, for sending the codes. I, I appreciate it. <laughs> he says it had a very nice crop this time. Was so stoked picking up Steelbook for Amazon Psycho, American Psycho. Yeah, bro. So speaking of that, 
I yeah, I picked one up too. I love this cover, American Psycho on 4K Steelbook. So there's a copy that's for me, and there's a copy that I'm gonna give away at some point in the future as well. Yeah, that the Unbreakable Steelbook is great. What I'm on the hunt for right now, and I should have pre-ordered it, and I didn't, and that was my mistake, is the Thing 4K because apparently the release is fantastic. Um, for for that. Um, let us see. Unfortunately, though, it's sold out. But the issue is when Best Buy is sold out, it doesn't always mean that it Because the Lord of the Rings trilogy, Steelbook, was sold out for a long time. And then all of a sudden, randomly, it became available again. And it's like, well, if that's going to happen, I'm not going to buy it on uh, eBay. for I, I paid way you know more than I should have for the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Um, but man, oh, man. Uh, Meatball420, what's going on? Welcome back to the channel. <laughs> I see what you did there. Fractured. How's it going? General Wingster says Odin has an actual life. <laughs> I have a job, man. <laughs> I don't have the luxury of, of doing content creation all day. Yeah, it's so funny because, you know, I'll get questions all the time about, you know, oh, would you ever do it full time? And I'm like, no, I, I, I enjoy what I do for a living so much. I love the conversations. Trust me, I don't do what I do as far as teaching. You don't do that for, for the paycheck. <laughs> That's just not not really something you're like, man, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do this, and it's, <laughs> it's going to make so much. No, you don't do that in teaching. It's not, not something you do. Uh, but I love it. And that's why I do it. And that's why even if if somehow the channel blew up, got a million subs, I was making enough to, you know, to retire early. No, still still would be doing what I'm doing. Let's see. Awesome one tag to say works. Hmm. Do you mean at Odin works? I I need context. I need that context. Fractured says that he never liked the Craig as Bond. I I didn't I didn't mind him as much. I I thought it was definitely a different take, but overall I thought it was fine. All I see is hello from from Tina. Hello, how are you? Uh, Greta. Yeah, Buster Keaton is so funny. It's fantastic. Thank you. Yes. So Greta also says that it is a Buster Keaton. I thought it was. I thought it was Buster Keaton. I was. I was pretty confident it was Buster Keaton. Yeah. And he's hilarious. He's got the physical comedy. It's just amazing what he was able to do. And also the the risks he took. There's one specific one. I'm pretty sure it's Buster Keaton where there's a house and and it's it's the front facade of this house falls and he is standing in the right exact location where the uh, window frame is and you think about it you say well yeah if you test that and you plan for it you know then why is that that impressive you won't see people do that today you're not going to see people do that kind of stuff today they'll have it be as as fake they'll have it be like cgi or it'll be like green screen or something they're not not actually gonna have someone especially the main actor doing that kind of stuff one of the few exceptions we could probably talk about would be you know tom cruise uh but then i talk about tom cruise and and that usually sets uh sets tina and steph off um about about tommy boy so uh I'll, i'll go ahead and hold off on on that conversation um and i will not say that uh, here's something that it's not fully true, but there are some similarities. Um, hashtag Tom Cruise is the modern Buster, Ke- Buster Keaton. <laughs> I'm putting them on the same level. And now Tina is going to yell at me. 
<laughs> anyway, Mr. Roy, what's going on, man? Welcome back. <laughs> oh, man, glad to have you here. I can't wait to get to the chat. <laughs> uh, Soul Assassin says, thoughts on the late Holly, uh, latest Hollywood strike. They sound like reasonable demands. I haven't seen it much, um, but I, I, has it officially started yet? I thought it was just rumor. Maybe I haven't. I don't. I, I didn't think it's had anything. Anything had started yet. I thought it was just rumor at this point, or not not rumor, but that it was in the works, but hadn't actually happened yet. I, I honestly don't know. Uh, Mr. Grant Gregory, have a good time at work. Thank you very much for being in the chat, man. Yeah, it has been like it's felt like forever, and thank you for for stopping by. I appreciate it. Uh, let's see. Daniel Thorne says, <laughs> says, did you buy any of those expensive Lady of Fatima statues? The religious exemption page post about. Um, no, I, I did not. So is that the, the, the you're talking about the confraternity of Our Lady of Fatima? I have not. And I imagine that they are probably expensive because of either they're trying to raise money for people who are dealing with those terrible situations of having to lose their job or because of the materials that's used to make up. I didn't see the statues on sale. Um, I was more focused on one, the core message of the confraternity of our lady Fatima and two, the fact that they were offering uh, religious exemptions signed by Athanasius uh, Bishop Athanasius Snyder, which is an amazing thing, by the way, an amazing thing that, that he is doing and offering. And I wish, I wish more of our bishops would, would step up and actually be there for their flocks. Uh, Jacques Lesuave over on Odyssey says, you ever been tempted to pick up a replica Grail cup from the Last Crusade? There's some cool ones on Amazon. He chose poorly. Uh, not ever really something crossed my mind. I'm typically not a memorabilia person. I say that as someone with Han Solo dice on my mind, but this was something that was sent to me, so it's the only reason why I, I have it. But I'm not actually really one for memorabilia. I collect movies. I collect movies. I collect Blu-rays. Uh, this is a film actually that was sent to me. I'm going to do a review on it sometime, either probably on Monday's video, because I uh, I want to dive into the special features of this movie. Some people loved it. Some people hated it. I am someone where there's parts that I'm absolutely enthralled by, and there's other parts that I don't think are, are, are as impressive. But I cannot wait to dive into those special features. Let's see. Joey Horn says, I love the same thing about the Nativity movie as I did about Fatima. Good film, but I wish they had more faithful tellings. Yeah, absolutely. Lance Mala tagged to say, what is your interest level right now for Book of Boba Fett? Uh, uh, yeah. I, I might watch it because I might have to because <laughs> we'll probably talk about it on Friday Night Tights. And that's about where I am with it right now, to be honest. Uh, Golden Ration. You got to use the clip from John Panette's other joke about obeying the law. Oh, trust me. There's so many things that I could use uh, from from John John Panette, um, but I, I I like using just that one instead. There's again, by the way, that one. It's a longer video full of all the times that he says nay nay in in that special. So I don't have enough time to play everything from that special, which is why I just cut it off after the first one. Remember Sci-Fi says, I can't see them doing another Die Hard. Bruce Willis hasn't cared about any movie he's been in for a while now. He gives no effort. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I think that is something that probably is the reason why they've been so bad is when he's just phoning it in and doesn't care and is just doing it for the paycheck. It means any script, any old script can get greenlit for it. 
Uh, Bear Business One, I will highlight this message when it comes up in the chat, but you did super chat, and I want to make sure I get to yours uh, before anyone else's because, again, one of the perks of doing that. And again, Bear Business One, thank you for your $5 super chat. He says, Count Dankula did a mad lad about Buster Keaton's life and career. Very interesting. Nice. Very, very cool. Yeah, speaking of that, um, Greta Zenner. Uh, Greta, I, I don't know if she's still in the chat or not, but I believe she did a full breakdown of Buster Keaton's career as well. It's very informative. It is very educational and it's great. So I would highly recommend that video. I can't remember if it was the silent era and Buster Keaton was just mentioned or if it was specifically a Buster Keaton video. I, I think it was a full Buster Keaton video. But if I'm mistaken on that, Greta, please uh, correct me in the chat. Uh, anyway, thank you very much, Bear Business One. I appreciate it. Uh, Daniel Thorne says, thoughts on the female pinhead for the new Hellraiser? I, I talked about it already a little bit earlier. I don't have enough knowledge. And you can go back uh, to the earlier part where I talked about that a little bit. Let's see. Joey Horn says, good point on Henry Cavill, maybe not wanting the fame. He seems more down to earth than most of the pretenders. Yeah, he does. He absolutely feels a lot more down to earth for sure. Uh, Amen Fate. Welcome to the channel. Grandmaster Yoda. What's going on? By the way, if you're watching on YouTube, please smash that like button. We're up to 97 people. Wow, we've doubled our numbers, people. Thank you for being here in the last 14 minutes that we have of the show. I usually end around 8.30 Eastern time. I try and I try and stay on a schedule because I finish these. I spend a little time with the wife, usually having ice cream, which is delightful. It's delicious. Um, huge... I love pizza. You all know this. Anyone from Friday Night Tights knows I love my pizza. Ice cream. Mm. Especially after a show. Very, very nice. Very nice. It cools. It cools the throat. After talking on a stream. So. Grandmaster Yoda, though, says, You think Robert Pattinson can do a good jo job at 007? He did a good job as an agent and tenant. I, I mean, acting, yes. I think he's an incredibly talented actor. I think he could do anything. I don't think fans are going to really accept him. He'd have to really prove something to a lot of the fans of the James Bond franchise. And that's a tall order. And I, I honestly don't know. And the other problem too is, remember, one aspect of James Bond is that you don't have to be necessarily buff, but you at least got to have like the dad bod, if you know what I mean, right? If you look at some of the older Bonds especially, they weren't the most jacked in the world, but they still kind of had like... Not the dad bod specifically. I don't know why my mind went there, but it, I guess it's more of like the there's they're in shape, but they're not chiseled. So it, it's more of like a dad bod, but working out body type. And he isn't even willing to bone like he isn't even willing to bulk up for a role like Batman. So if he's not willing to do that, I highly doubt he'd be willing to do that or anything similar for a James Bond, which means he would just be, I guess, still, you know, ripped, but skinny, skinny ripped. And I, I don't think that would fit the role very well. And I think a lot of people would be turned off by that alone. I don't know. Uh, Andrew Hayes says Heath Ledger was great in Monster Ball. He's great in everything he does. He's great in everything that he does. Uh, no, no, Moss, hail to you. Thank you for being a member on the channel. Uh, let's see. Jason Ebenstein says, do you do we have any numbers for Venom this weekend yet? Basically, the only numbers that we have seem to confirm that it likely will make around, I think it was $25 million 
or so this weekend is the, the projections that were being made for the film. And it seems like the film is on track to reach that number. Uh, most of what Box Office Pro is talking through is that No Time to Die is expected to make 55 to $60 million, which is well below the $85 million that they had been talking about. They don't really have much of an update last time I checked of what the film was uh, of what the film was doing so far. Uh, let me see if I can dive through these numbers here because they're mostly just focused on that one. Um, but they're let's see, like Carnage, which leveraged theatrical exclusivity. So it's just using that as a reference. So I'm not seeing numbers from that. So yeah. Venom Let There Be Carnage, the projections were between 23 and $28 million for the weekend, which would put it at average at 25, which would be a 72% drop. So it's expected to have a massive drop off. It's also opening up in, I believe it's Mexico this weekend. And then it's opening up in more locations next weekend. So it's not the whole story with Venom 2. Venom 2 is, look looks, 72% drop is pretty big. I think Venom 2 is pretty much done domestically with all the films we have set to come out over the next coming weeks. So Venom 2, I think, is going to kind of pretty... It's going to die out pretty quickly. I mean, it's expected to be up to $134 million by the end of this weekend domestically, which, hey, that's 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 still very impressive. But that's because of the $90 million it made opening weekend, more so than being a, a, leg, a leggy movie, as I like to say. It doesn't really seem to have a lot of domestic legs, at least. So with that massive of a, of a drop-off, the chances of it getting to 200 million are not as strong, but it doesn't need to make a lot to break even. And I would not be surprised if it makes a lot more overseas and it still has a lot of time and a lot of locations to open at. So no official updates yet on how it's doing this weekend, but we'll get numbers tomorrow. Uh, we'll get some numbers tomorrow on that. So I'm trying to see if the numbers has that. So Venom made 8.8 .8 million in its Friday number. So it's a 76% drop Friday to Friday. So yeah, they expect that movie to make around 25 million. And yeah, 8.8 .8 million on a Friday, 76% drop. If that number holds, could, to could totally see it reaching that 25 million. Could also do less. We'll have to wait and see. I, I like to look at the numbers when we actually have the numbers. Uh, the new number two has been a member for 12 months in a row. Thank you, new number two, Dean Heiss. I appreciate you, man. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, Mr. Grant Gregory, who was supposed to go to work, but I appreciate you being here, saying the best Ledger film is Candy 2006. Dude, thank you for... No one else has seen that movie. Thank you. I want to say it, it's actually available on on Hulu. It's, it's on a random streaming service. Because there's one service where I, every time I go on it, I see Candy as a recommendation. And I'm like... This movie, it needs... Oh, I, I cannot wait, and I hope it does eventually get a Blu-ray release. It'd be great if it, got a, if it got a 4K release. But I... If you want to talk about the best performance, I wouldn't say it's the best movie. The movie is... is It's got some, some issues with it. But if we're going to talk about the performance, oh, absolutely. Hands down, I would say that's probably the best performance that he's ever given. There's a scene... 
Yeah, it's a movie about junk. Exactly, Liquid Blake. It's a, it's just a movie about junkies. So there's nothing special to the movie. The performance, though, he gives is fantastic. There's a scene he gives. All I'll say is that he's in a hospital. And the performance that he gives, when people say, oh, the Joker, that role is what led him down the dark path of, of, of abusing uh, sleeping pills, things like that. He would have been struggling with that from the very beginning of his career. But if we were going to talk about any performance actually like disturbing him, because he was a method actor, he would get into his roles. He, he would psychologically dive into them. What happens in Candy in the hospital, and if you've seen it, you know what I'm talking about. That, to me, if you're a method actor, so you're feeling the emotions as if that actually happened to you, dear Lord. I I can't even imagine. And I, I don't want to imagine what he, what psychologically he would have gone through with that. Liquid Blake mentioned Two Hands. Two Hands is an w- interesting film. I actually own that film. It's only available on DVD. And I am someone where, as a collector, I want to have all of Heath Ledger's films. And so I had to get like a DVD version for more than I would ever want to pay for a DVD. But it was the only way that I could get it. Um... It's not, it's not, it's not a great film. It's not terrible. Rose Byrne in that film. Early Rose Byrne film too. It's interesting though. There are parts that I definitely like in that film. Legit 36 just saw There Will Be Blood yesterday. I plan to give it another watch because I can tell it has deeper themes and symbolism that I probably missed the first time around. Yeah, I, I, it's a film I have not revisited to be honest, but I remember watching it the first time and loving it. The performance given is fantastic. Also, I absolutely love the ending. The <laughs> the acting that Daniel Day-Lewis does with, as everyone knows, one of my favorite actors work in Hollywood who has never really had much of a, of a leading uh, persona. Um, but the performance that Daniel Day-Lewis gives with, you see, and I hate when I build people up and I have their name in my head and then it just flies away from me. Um, oh my goodness. I hate when it happens. I hate when this happens. All right. Now, now I got to look it up. Hopefully it'll, sometimes when I'm like actually typing it out, it, it pop, it pops into my head. And then I'm just like, how did I not have this in my head? How did I not have this? Paul freaking Dano. How did I forget that? Oh, I'm mad at myself now. Anyway, Paul freaking Dano. Thank you. Jenna Wingster knew exactly what I was trying to go for. Yes, Paul freaking Dano. Uh, I love Paul freaking Dano. Uh, All the films that he's done, every role he's been in, mostly supporting, has all been great. Yeah, there it is. Yeah, I see the the live chat catching up saying, we know who it is. We know who you're talking about. Anyway, Paul freaking Dano, the scene he does with him. I drink your milkshake. (laughs) I drink it up. I am the third revelation. Oh, Oh my goodness, that scene is so good. Acting 101, that scene right there. Anyway, Laura just came out of uh, No Time to Die. Okay, instant reaction from Laura, and Laura is usually pretty even-keeled with her reviews. She says, No Time to Die is horrible. I snuck out of the theater to get a drink so I can manage the last half. Dang. Wow. That... Those are harsh. Again, when Laura gives a review, I don't know if I've ever heard her give a review like that, to be honest, of a modern film. Wow. Well, I'm sorry that you're having to go through that. Dang. 
she's one of my chosen of Valhalla. So it'll be interesting to to see <laughs> what she has to say. <laughs> oh man, when we have the next chosen stream. Uh, Dana Thorne says, you mentioned in the past about concert sales being up as an example of people coming out, but you forgot scalpers bearing up tons of t- buying up tons of tickets. Here's the thing, Daniel Thorne, though, that happens all the time. That happened before the pandemic and will continue to happen. The one thing that I have said, though, as, as a defense against it is if you're talking about concert sales, we're talking about specific locations, single nights, whereas it's harder for us to really tell how many actual physical people are going to see movies. We get the box office numbers, but that only tells us so much because the cost of ticket is different in every state, in different cities, different formats. It's impossible really to tell how many people are going. So we could actually see similar numbers, but because movies are every single day, whereas the concerts are usually you know a specific day, and maybe once or twice, you know, in a week or something, it's, it's a little bit harder to, that's the one argument that I can see against the, well, why are these doing well, but this one's not, it's, it's hard for us to really use that as an argument until we can know exactly how many total people, which is why the modern system that we have sucks so much. I would love if instead of following the money, we actually followed individual people like not 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 follow individual people but to actually know how many actual people went to see a movie because i think that would be a lot better of a metric of how successful a film is andrew hayes i think it's safe to say that henry cavill should probably be this generation sliced alone regard uh, regard to the presence and acting ability i see henry cavill acting ability is better oh yeah definitely better than stallone for sure definitely better than stallone but i see what you mean about at least his his size I could see that as being a part of it for sure. Um, let's see. Andrew Hayes then says, I think Henry Cavill should have probably been. Okay. So remember that when you uh, post a comment and retract it, it stays in the chat that I use to pop up on screen. Also, we have just about a couple minutes left. So I will start to try and, and slow and wrap things up. So if y'all could just slow down. Yeah. People were mentioning Jackie Chan uh, when I was making the comment about uh, Tom Cruise. Again, I was saying it in a somewhat joking manner. I meant more so for the stunts. If we're talking about stunt comedy, oh yeah, hands down, Jackie Chan, I would say that's, that is a fair, completely fair comparison of Jackie Chan being a modern-day Buster Keaton because of the comedy aspect. So, let's see. Daniel Thorne, uh, tag to say, a reminder, Monday is National Sausage Pizza Day, so you have to skip pepperoni for once well we don't usually have pizza on monday so i probably won't have that type there's a day, i feel like there's a day for everything though i feel like there's a day for everything. Beer, a bear business one thank you again for that super chat i appreciate it there it is i was talking about it <laughs> uh 70 b says boo tina b then says oh whittle tom mapathor oh hell no that little creep is no buster keaton i didn't say that he was buster keaton i said he was like him because of the stunts only because of the stunts, not because of the comedy. Greta Zeno says, Tom Cruise is today's Buster Keaton, now more like Jackie Chan. Jackie Chan, yeah, again, as I said, if we're talking like for like completely, yes. I would completely agree. I was saying it more for stunts of people today, because that's the other thing too. Jackie Chan's still doing some of it, not as much as he once was, but Tom Cruise, every year, he's doing something crazier than, than the last 
without his stunt, pe- stunt people doing it. Uh, Nancy says, I'm sorry, but why do people like American Psycho? The movie literally builds to nothing and bored me to tears. It's a, it's a character study. And there are certain films that you're going to like, certain types of films you're not going to like. And really, it's, it's a character study, and it's, uh, it's dark. It's dark and dreary. It's a film that I've only ever seen once. And I remember just enjoying it because of just how crazy the character is and how well um, Christian Bale plays it. So it's not for everybody. It's not everybody's cup of tea. That's for sure. All righty. Going to try and get through as many of these as I can. Burst Angel says, are you familiar with Jonathan Pago? His channel, The Symbolic World, is excellent for a deep dive in symbolic stories from an Orthodox perspective. Like Orthodox Christian or Orthodox Jewish perspective? It's interesting. Yeah, Greta, I thought you made a, a whole video on Buster Keaton. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to shout out to Greta. Greta, more videos. Uh, Joey Horn. <laughs> I know that you're just as busy as I am. <laughs> Joey Horn says, just finished a bowl of root beer float ice cream. Nice. However, I, I would quite... Is that the flavor of ice cream? I feel like no. Have a root beer float, man. Don't don't get a root beer float flavored ice. You just get it, you can't replace the actual root beer float with the flavor. Come on, come on, man. I know no mas. I, I I feel you here. I have six dad bods. Yes, I'm very proud. People talk about six packs. Let's talk about the single pack. Six dad bod. Uh, <laughs> Daniel Thorne, happy Thanksgiving for Canadians. Oh, wait a minute. Is it, is it Canadian Thanksgiving soon? Uh, Anona Ma says there's lag. Well, lag. Okay. La- there's, there's lag. And then there's, I'm 20 to 30 minutes behind. And that's just a fact. And that's because I read the chat. <laughs> okay. Tomorrow they say, okay. So tomorrow is Canadian Thanksgiving. It's also the start of the Synod on Synodality. And if you're a Catholic, you know exactly what I mean by that. And if you're not a Catholic, you realize just how ridiculous that sounds. That's pretty much how we feel about it. A synod on synodality. Essentially, a synod on synods. It's like having a conference on conferences. It's like having, like in Austin Powers, a factory, which builds miniature models of factories. (laughs) It's essentially the same thing. (laughs) Uh, Awesome one. Says Odin 2 is gonna bank. Well, if I was a film, I don't know about that. <laughs> uh, Candy, uh, uh, thank you. Mr. Roy coming in with the save. Candy is free on Peacock and Tubi. If you've never seen Candy before and you're a Heath Ledger fan, I highly recommend it for his performance. However, it is very dark. It is dark and depressing. Not for everyone. All right, here was everyone with the Paul freaking Danos. Prisoners, yes, absolutely. Prisoners was great. Great Paul freaking Dano performance, for sure. Someone said Audrey Hepburn is their favorite. Good to hear that. Carathar loves Audrey Hepburn. Yeah, again, everyone has their favorites. And for me, I don't know why. I always go to, of all time, I go with Heath Ledger. And for modern, I love uh, people like uh, Paul freaking Dano. To each their own, as they say. Thank you all for slowing down. It always... I always appreciate when y'all do that. Awesome one then says, ASMR time. Slow it down. Oh, slow it down. General Wingster, thank you for being here. Sherry Allen, what's up? Sherry Allen, thank you for being here. 
Again, if I skip any comments, I am sorry, but I am trying to uh, trying to get to the end because I need to uh, end things. Joey Horn says, agree, the actually float is better. I was being lazy when I bought the float flavored ice cream. Come on, man. Input latency. Let's have a discussion about having a discussion. Exactly. That is exactly what we're talking about. Yep, Joey Horn. Let's talk about talking. Let's have a conversation about talking. Yes, let's do that. Let's have a test on test. Synod on synodality. And man, oh man, the amount of abuses that are creeping into the process already. If you, if you know anything about this stuff, if you've not read the working documents or the, the pre-documents for the... Oh man, it's uh, not good. It's not good. It's very concerning. Raycore 8, what's going on? Thanks for being here. Sherry Allen, thank you for being here. All right, boom, we did it. Thank y'all for slowing down. And uh, thank y'all for being here. 87 people still in the chat. Thank you so very much. Really does uh, does mean a lot uh, when y'all are hanging out in the chat like this and having fun with each other and uh, being awesome. And also, uh, Orange Hat, thanks for noticing earlier, I did get a beard trim. Yes, indeed. So obviously the beard's still there, but you know. Nice, nice little trim. The wife appreciates it. And also uh, because I I was long overdue for one anyway. And it, it, it just was getting to the point where waking up, especially in the morning, when you're starting to, you know, wake up and there's like parts of hair that are just, it's just not good. When I could wear, I could wear my beard as a mask. And he, as awesome as that sounds in, in the crazy world that we live in today, it's also like, nah, it's a bit, it's a bit much. It's a bit, it's a bit much. So Anyway, thank you all very much for being here tonight. Please give a huge shout out to the amazing Valkyrie, Tina and Steph. Thank you all for being here tonight. Thank you for everyone for being here tonight. Congratulate, congratulate yourselves. Pat yourselves on the back. Also, shout out to all of the Odyssey fam for hanging out. Seven people still watching Odyssey. Light out that fire button before y'all head out. And as I normally like to do, um, I'm going to go ahead and shout out my uh, members on YouTube. Who are at the Army of Asgard level and above. Uh, Hyvacora. Hyvacora? That's a new name there. Hyvacora. Gomer Kyle 79. Soul Extraction. Malvin. Dolores Ed. Twirly Wolf. Low Pro. Farrah Lovely. Valiant Renegade. Jonathan Marshall. Eric K. Cornelius Schultz. Fetigator. Gonzalo Bergali. George Molo. George! Grimm's Math. The Wicked Plumber. Kara Tharp. Dadman Walking 55. M. Tax Shark. Forever Sci-Fi, Rose G12, Andrew Hoyle, Orange Chat Reviews, Jay Stowe, and Aiden Vickery. Thank you all very much for being my members on YouTube. And thank you, everyone, on Odyssey for watching. God bless you, the R. And he says to God bless the Valkyries as well. Absolutely, God bless to the Valkyries. Again, Tina and Steph are amazing. Send some love and some hearts to them. Uh, and please... Enjoy Canadian Thanksgiving tomorrow if you are in Canada. 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 I'm trying to say Canada wrong, but I'm. <laughs> it's a problem when I'm trying to figure out how to say Canada wrong. Canadian. Canada. Anyway, hope you enjoy Canadian Thanksgiving if you're in Canada and if you are uh, a part of the church or if you are just knowledgeable of the church or at least knowledgeable of just my own faith, uh, please keep the uh, church in your prayers uh, this weekend because, as I said, the Synod on Synodality officially kicks off tomorrow and our church, especially now more than ever, needs a lot of, of, a lot of prayers. So if you are a praying person, 
I would appreciate it. And also just to, to pray for all those who are in need right now, as I know there's a lot of people in our own community, uh, or by extension, others who are associated with, with members of the community who also need some prayers. So uh, again, you guys are awesome. Thank you very much for being here tonight, everyone. Please enjoy this terrible accent, Andrew Hoyle, if you're still watching. I don't know why I went, I went a little Australian there, mate. Anyway, wherever you're watching, thank you for the love. Thank you for being amazing. Anyway, you are all fantastic. Kara Tharp, haven't been able to add to the video at the end yet, but she is a new member over on Locals. So shout out to you for being a member on Locals and to everyone for being here. Super Anime Gamer. Uh, yeah, y you missed it, but we're heading out. Anyway, you guys are awesome. Please have a, an amazing rest of your weekend. Absolutely pray for the church clergy and leaders for sure and, and for the laity as well during this time because it's leading and going to lead a lot of people astray. And remember, the victory is already there and to never lose sight of that despite the failings of what's going on. Anyway, you guys are amazing. Have a wonderful rest of your night and weekend. See you all on Tuesday for the One Man Low Council. Might be able to do a morning stream on the OMB Report channel. Stay tuned for that this week since I am off this week. You guys are great. Have a wonderful night. And as always, God bless. And now for a huge shout out to all of my Patreon, Subscribestar, and Locals members. Andrew Hoyle, Animation Commentator, Brandon, Brian P., Christopher Bowman, Don Bruno de la Mancha, Father Christopher Miller, Hail to you, Father, Father Damian Cook, Garrett Searles, Harold Francis, Inflamed Wood, Jacob Juice, Jeffrey Toon, Joe Horn, Jonathan Carney, Gomer Kyle, 79, Laura, the Modern Major General's Story, Mike Jackson, Dion, Mad Mitch Dunaway, Mondo Spieler, Mr. Peabody, On to June, Orange Hat Reviews, Out of Step with Reality, Priscilla Hall, Rosetta Allen, Stan Andrian, Teresa Martin, Theodore Benden, Tina Bojan, and Tina B, the Empress of the Universe. Thank you for being my Patreon members. And a huge shout out to my subscribe star members. The R, Fast Reaction, Nosferatu Gatsu, John B, Perpetual Punster, Mr. Roy, Glinzer, J. Alex McCarthy Jr., Dean High Slash, the new number two, J. Rod, the Beer Guru, and ZK Man. Thank you very much for supporting me over on Subscribestar and to my one Locals member, Robert Barnes. Thank you for supporting me over on Locals. And if you want a name shouted out, or your name rather, shouted out at the end of every single live stream and video, please consider joining on one of those platforms, either Patreon, Subscribestar, or Locals. Links to that can be found in the description. Look at that top link, especially. It's called the Willow link there. It'll give you links to all the social media platforms and also ways to support the channel. If you want to be an Army of Asgard level or above member, you can get access to giveaways that I do every single month. I give away 4Ks, Blu-rays, all kinds of stuff. It is a lot of fun. Also, if you join at the Keeper of the Bifrost level, you get access to all of that. Plus, you get access to an exclusive podcast that I do with John the Flick Pick Flick and 
Messenger. We have a lot of fun. We do that once or twice a month. And if you join at the chosen of Valhalla level, you get all of that. Plus, in your first month, you get a t-shirt of your choice and send anywhere in the world. And also, you get to be featured on the channel once a month on the chosen of Valhalla live stream where we get to hang out and have a good time. So anyway, if any of that sounds good, check out that link in the top of the video. As I mentioned, you guys are amazing and beautiful people. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. And as always, God bless.